So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that starts deliberately slowly. Isn't this the same joke as we did last week? No, no, that was a qualifying. They started deliberately slowly. Oh, so they've moved it up to the race now. This time they're moving the race deliberately slowly, and hopefully next week they won't even turn up at the... Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that will keep its head down. <laughs> Is this a sex thing? No, it's a Charles Leclerc thing. Uh, is this a sex thing? Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, uh, Alexa... Turn on all the lights and don't think about climate change. I mean, when Greta Thunberg is talking, to, addressing the UN about the plight of the world, and we go, here's a race where, for no reason, we just put a bunch of lights on. Yeah, and a lot of lights. A lot of lights. A lot of very powerful lights. I'm Cameron Tate, stand-in number 12. And today, from the parcel yard in King's Cross, we're going to be talking about the Singapore Grand Prix, where things were a little bit dull and then got a bit interesting... Uh, and then the wrong Ferrari won. Or did it? We'll discuss all that. Uh, we'll hear from you lot in Listener's Corner. And then Terry will deliver a state of Formula One that initially sounds like nonsense, but will likely make a lot more sense the more you think about it. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who yearns for the past. It's Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. Yes, as mentioned in last week's podcast, I was going to go to the Goodwood Revival. Well, I went to the Goodwood Revival. It's brilliant. I would thoroughly recommend everybody go next year. I've not been sponsored to say this, but it was properly amazing. Yeah, I saw your Instagram pic, and oh. I've got to say, you really, you overtalked your suit. What? It was, at best, it could have been, could have been top man, mate. I think, I mean, I looked like a top man, if that's what you mean. No. And alongside him is a man who has been written to by lawyers. It's Terry Saunders. Okay, guys, we have a problem. We've been found out. What? Our t-shirt suppliers have received a takedown notice no. from the FIA. No. Because our logo is apparently a bit similar to the White Bikes logo. Really? I mean, the <laughs> FIA logo. Really? Yeah. The old FIA logo the that old they FIA haven't used in years. They haven't used it for donkey's years, which means it's fine. So we've... Seriously? Seriously. Have they really? Have you got it? Rights holder, Formula One licensing BV, subject matter, Formula One, affected artwork, your logo... 
we've had to remove some of your artwork from Redbubble because we've received a replay from someone alleging your artwork violates their rights. Right, scroll it down. So what you can do next, right, one, do nothing. Your artwork will not be reinstated and you may not upload it again. Two, dispute the removal. Send us a counter notice. I can just say that I definitely designed it in 1983 when I was three years old. <laughs> Because I'm sure there's a rule where, like, if it's if it's satire, if you've ever bought a T-shirt from us, that means now you are literally in possession of illegal property, and the police are coming for you. So presumably, by the time this podcast goes out, Terry, you would have designed a new logo for us. Instead of you know going through the effort of making a whole new permanent logo, we're going to go down the Have I Got News For You route and have a guest logo every couple of weeks. And then after about a year, you'll realise it's the same guest logos on rotation. And really, they should have just kept with Angus Deaton. Cam, what have you been up to? Uh, well, thanks for asking. Uh, first of all, great to be back. Uh, I've actually been at uh, this little thing called the Goodwood Revival. And, hey, that uh, sounds good. Yeah, it's, it's really that? good. I mean, what did you wear? Well, I mean, you said Phil's outfit was underwhelming. I, I mean, it was wonderful compared to what I wore. And Thank you. Cam. I was quite proud of what I wore until I got into the office the next day, and everyone said, "God, that's depressing." I wore a white shirt, tie, a coat, a, a blazer jacket. That's it. Sounds quite uh, similar to what I wore. Yeah, exactly. And what a lot of people wore in the 1940s, but apparently that was boring. Um, <laughs> but what isn't boring is the Goodwood Revival. I mean, just the cars are amazing. And I don't want to get into this whole debate about, you know, noise and Formula One cars. But I mean, it really did sound, it they was really good. do sound wonderful. I, yeah. was, I was lucky enough to get a ride around the track you in, did. Uh, in a GT40, which was uh, noisy and awesome. And I'm not sure modern Formula One cars can compete with that kind of fun. Well, they've only got one seat. Well, apart from two seater, that's a different. That's not a modern F1 car. That's no, like twenty years old. That's fair enough. Huh. Right, let's drive really slowly so everyone gets bunched up at listener's corner, making it easier for us to canvas your views. We'll start with some views on the race itself. So Will Bowen says Monaco by floodlights. Bloody boring GP, especially compared to the last few. The only excitement was from the midfield, who could choose their tyre strategy. Let all the cars choose their tyres for the start of the race rather than the nonsense of using their Q2 tyres. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. This Q2 tyre thing is getting out of hand. Why did that come in in the first place? Wasn't it because of fuel or tyres? No one cares. Oh, that's right. It came in because of tyres. That's right. Oh, for tyre reasons, it's tyres, Phil. For legal reasons, it's tyre reasons. No, it was because tyres were shit, or the tyres were good, or something. Yeah, that's no, that's right. Yeah, Thanks. the tyres were shit, or good, so they were like, oh, okay, well, you have to start on the same shit or good tyres that you did Q2 in. Yeah. I just think it's impressive that they tried to make the tyre rules less complicated this year, and by doing so, they've actually made it more complicated. Wasn't yes. it actually a hangover from that stupid, you've got to start the race on the fuel that you've qualified on? Is that been. part of the same thing? But then they realised that trying to get the fuel on the wheel rims was really difficult, oh. so they decided to use tyres instead. So Michael Morgan says, the most interesting thing in the race was learning that the bridge was made of magnetised steel that stopped the car's sensors from working. That almost doesn't sound real. That's is a that... great F1 situation, isn't it? Is that true? I hadn't heard it, but having done no research into Michael's assertion whatsoever, I'm absolutely willing to believe it's 100% true. I heard it in commentary, but it sounds like one of those rumours that gets spread around that is... It does, I'm happy to further real. the spread of that rumour. Presumably... That's hilarious. The, the bridge has been magnetised for 11 years. Why would you magnetise a bridge? 
So you can you know, you know where the nails are. <laughs> every, time, every time you lose your keys in Singapore, they just go flying across the city into the bridge. <laughs> There's a load of padlocks on there, but not because lovers have put them on there. It's just, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a very F1 thing. To just not realise that the bridge is a magnet and none of the cars will work properly over it. I just it. wish the rumour could have gone one bit further and said that the cars were magnetised to the bridge and that they had to <laughs> be... Come in at 150 miles an hour and just go... <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if it's true, but I like it. Thanks, Michael. San Miguel Woolbank says that was a dull Grand Prix. Even Hamilton said he can't go much slower. Are we back to lift and coast culture? Why were they going so slowly? Was it tyres? It was because Ferrari knew that there was a chance that if they floored it Mercedes would bugger them up on strategy so they went what we'll do we'll go so slow that no one can do a cheeky undercut because apart from be, yeah because Sebastian Vettel because all the, everyone coming bunched up but as soon as he did I don't know I was, there's one of those sentences that I hope would go somewhere or you'd go oh yeah you're right Terry Cam thoughts Yes, uh, the reason that they were so slow is because I, I have no clue. Okay, it's good. completely well, pointless. No, it's okay, we've got a pointless. consensus there. For some reason, they were going really slow. It was Ferrari dictating because, the pace. Because strategy. Because of strategy, yeah. I heard that it was because Hamilton did it last year and won the race, and so Leclerc thought it was a good idea to do it in this year's race. But he didn't win. Well, it backfired on him, didn't it? it and did. I, I would imagine we'll come to that in more detail in a bit. Anyway, regardless of whether it was dull as shit or not, Sebastian Vettel won for the first time since the Belgian Grand Prix last year. So Ellis Paddock says, I was happy that Seb won, but feel it might be one of his last. Will he leave this season? What are his options for his seat next year? Uh, I think he won't. I think he'll stay next year. You reckon? Yeah. I think he's got a win back. I think he'll... Has this guy given in his mojo back? I just think he's not going to quit. He doesn't... Listen to his interviews afterwards. He didn't seem like a sayonara race it seems like he was firing himself back up and I don't think Ferrari will get rid of him but again I'm sure we'll talk about more, more about this in the teams but do you not think that he's got to realise that Leclerc generally is better than him and he's yeah. on a hide into nothing yeah but Ferrari also had Raikkonen in the team for 28 years so <laughs> they're fine they're this fine very true and probably another 28 in F1 still to come yeah exactly yeah well, Russell Trigg thinks it's a one-off. He says that he would bet money to a well-known animal charity that Vettel bins it in next weekend's Russian Grand Prix. Are you going to match this, Terry? Well-known animal charities are your your bag. How much I do you bet you. Now? I bet you a tenner. When you say you bet dogs, me, I bet the, the dogs at the Dogs Trust a tenner that he will not be near the Russian Grand Prix. Okay, interesting opinion. I think he's just going to. He's not going to win. He's just going to go back to mediocrity. Okay. But he won't do a silly mistake for at least two races. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that is bold. a bold prediction these days. Seems normally it's every other race, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. But he didn't do a silly mistake this race. Exactly. Mm. I'm saying he's going to have a three-race stint. Buck the trend. Three-race stint of being at least okay. Okay. For a five-times world champion. Four-times world champion. Four? Four. Four. Anyway, from the race itself, all the talk in Singapore paddock was, uh, as you'd expect about how the heck Roman Grosjean has managed to get himself a new contract at Haas next year. Uh, David Eric Boll said, the top three in talent in the paddock right now is Lewis Hamilton, Charles Leclerc, and Roman Grosjean's manager. 
Good joke. Strong. Yeah. Ian Martin says, such a bizarre justification from Haas. We can't be doing with a new engine and a new driver in the same year. Grosjean must have some pretty compromising pictures of sweary Steiner. If I know one thing about Gunther Steiner, is that that man cannot be blackmailed. <laughs> wow. Whatever he's got on him is not blackmailable. It because is, Gunther is. Steiner would just be like, go on, fucking print the picture, see if I can. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. I, That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I am baffled by this news. If you'd have, I'd have, I'd have put good money to the Dogs Trust on Grosjean not ah. getting a seat next year. But, but you I didn't, didn't, did you? I, no, I didn't, because no. I'm not an idiot. Well, um, are you? No. So, at least to me, dogs will die. <laughs> but did, did, you, did you, you seriously expect Grosjean to get his seat back for next year? Not a chance. When Hulkenberg was available. Not a chance, but Hulkenberg is disappointing. And, yes, this is true. Grosjean, I don't know. It's more disappointing. I suppose in, in the Haas team, there's a pecking order, and if they got rid of Grosjean, then, like, there'd be a cleaner that everyone would have to hate. <laughs> we know that we, we nominated... Was it this season or last season? I can't remember. We nominated him as our whipping boy of the yeah. year. Maybe he's their whipping boy of the year as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that they just have to keep him on because they need someone to hate. It really brings the team together. I did hear a rumour that he was actually quite good for development because obviously they've had an absolutely shitty car this year yeah yeah well, and well, while he just keeps crashing the bloody thing and making stupid mistakes in the races his technical knowledge is actually pretty yeah easy. well he crashes it and goes it's one of those bits <laughs> because of him the mechanics spend so much more time looking at the in-depth into the car because they're fixing it yeah from what I'd heard pretty much is that Roman basically confirmed that the car was shit so it's like going out <laughs> well done, doing Roman. really slowly and then coming back and saying yeah it's not very good actually oh thanks Roman we didn't realise that yeah I'm not sure they needed him for that but uh it does seem weird because even, you know, when they've got a shit car, the idea of keeping a driver that just keeps binning it every other race pretty much, he's just sort of alternating silly mistakes with um, with Vettel. The idea of keeping him over Hulkenberg, I'd have gone for Hulkenberg and a heartbeat. To finish things off on a positive note, Nick Peppel reckons it's not all bad news. While the title fight may be over, he says, if we can continue seeing Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari fight for the last race wins, I would call this the greatest season of the turbo hybrid era. Charles Mussard says, this season is reminding me of 2009. Great start, then everyone else catches up and overtakes the leading team. Just got to hold out till Abu Dhabi. I would go one further and say, this is making next year look quite interesting. Because the Explain. cars aren't changing that much for next year. The, the designs are pretty much the same. Yeah. All the cars are going to be in evolution. Yeah. And Mercedes aren't walking it. So I reckon there's a chance it's going to be a very close season next year. Just before they change the rules. <laughs> but doesn't this happen every year? Every year Mercedes romps ahead. And then finally Red Bull and Ferrari get their asses in gear towards the end. Hamilton doesn't win anything after he's won the championship. And then no. the new season starts and it turns out the Mercedes have been much better over no, Christmas. No, this is different. <laughs> okay. No, this you is different. Triumph it's of hope against experience. No, I think Ferrari have actually been the quickest car. They do seem to be getting their asses in gear. Mm. And they finally. seem to be genuinely beating Mercedes, not Mercedes having off days. Red Bull are doing all right. I just think we're close. It always happens. The cars always converge so much that we have a good season or two of good racing, and then they change the rules. So what you're saying is we need longer seasons? No, we need more seasons per year. (laughs) (laughs) So what, the season starts in January, finishes in May, then another one gets going in June? 
No, no summer break anymore. We run them concurrently. We have five seasons running concurrently with ten te- Anyway, this is my state of reform for next week. Almost writes itself, doesn't it? <laughs> well, speaking of stupid ideas... What? It, it, <laughs> it, the latest is a wacky plan to completely fuck up qualifying again, courtesy of reverse-gridded qualifying races that we could see from next year. Reactions from drivers have been uh, mixed, to say the least. Uh, Sebastian Vettel calls the idea complete bullshit, but Lewis Hamilton had another view. Uh, he said that the people who proposed the idea really don't know what they're talking about. So it'll almost definitely happen then. I think it's a great idea. Why? Because they're not saying it'll be every race. They're saying it'll be some races. And why the fuck not? Qualifying's fine, but it can be pretty boring. But then, but then suddenly F1 ceases becoming a meritocracy. The whole point of F1 is it's the best drivers and the best engineers coming together and whoever does everything best wins. But if you, if you then have half of the whole weekend completely random as to where people start sure probably quite entertaining but in term it, it changes the whole ethos of what F1 is is F1 a meritocracy yes do the best it's drivers always in win it's, in it's Toyota no but then well they weren't the best were they they didn't have brilliant drivers and they didn't make the best car but what if being the best means you're really good at reverse qualifying I mean I don't know how that's going to work well it, don't get me wrong It'll be really entertaining, and, Look, and in the same way that the touring cars is entertaining. But the touring cars is just rock and no, no, robots. I'm sick of this purist argument, right? So they're saying they'll be in champ- reverse championship order. So if you really want to win a race, it's now tactically prudent of you to do shit at the four or five races before, so that you're at the bottom of the championship. So you could do like a Vettel. Maybe that's what he's been doing. He's there going, shit, I'm going to win this Canadian Grand Prix. I better do a fuck up. Otherwise, I'll be on pole next week. Does this mean all races will turn into the Monza Grand Prix qualifying session? Yes. Potentially. Yeah. Well, and that's not good for anyone. Or is it? It's good for our podcast. It's the more people hate Formula One, no, that is a good the point. more people listen to us. No, that is a good point. All right, no, I, I've completely retract my opinion. It's Great. a brilliant idea, and we should definitely do it. <laughs> our new logo, by the way, is the old FAA logo backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. And, and thank you to the, uh, to the many listeners who have donated uh, beer money to us. Uh, in fact, we are enjoying a pint right now while recording this. Thank you to uh, Cormac O'Brien. Thanks, Cormac. Thank you, Cormac. His name sounds a little bit like Caramac. I love a Caramac. And thanks to Celeste Webb. That name sounds like Angel Delight. That's a really nice name, Celeste. Sounds like a celebrity's name. Thank you, Celeste. You've got a lovely name, and you're very generous too. And also to Chris Phillips. He has a name also. A strong second name there. Uh, Thank you, Paul Fernley. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Wasn't he the boss of Force India for a bit? Hugh Fernley. Bob Fernley. Hugh Fernley Whittingstall. (laughs) Hugh Fernley Whittingstall. Thank you, Bob Paul Hugh. Thank you to Anthony Bishop. You can always tell what he's pissed because here he goes diagonally. Hey, chest out. Thank you very much, Anthony. And finally, thank you to Anthony Mumford. All right, okay, I'm going to put it out here. I quite like a couple of Mumford and I know you do. You've got terrible taste in music. We've discussed this before. You're sitting there in that shirt telling me I've got terrible taste. The listeners already know that I've mocked your clothing and it sounds like you're just being bitter and having a go at my t-shirt. I mean, I my am shirt. bitter. You've not yeah. come dressed in 1940s attire like no, we have. No, exactly. No, this, this is supposed is, to be the Revival podcast. This is from Top Man. <laughs> Join these hallowed people and our monthly donors by going to... Terry, where can they go? Uh, just come to me. Okay. Find me in the street and I will hug you if you buy me a pint or if you can't find me www.ff1s.com forward slash 
pint, pint, pint. But the last one is all lowercase. Onto the teams. Now, like every race, nothing was expected of Ferrari in Singapore, because as we know, this is a Red Bull track, and unless Hamilton pulls something special out of the bag. But then the Scuderia rummaged around in its big bag of upgrades and found the good one. And suddenly, it was a red car that was quickest. Leclerc was top dog all weekend, absolutely smashing it in qualifying and looking pretty good in the race. But then Vettel went and spoiled it all by saying something stupid like, undercut. Was this a deserved win for him? No. Yes, it was. I'll go with yes. <coughs> okay, he won go. the race. Yes. But did he deserve to win the race? Yeah. Okay. I would say no, he didn't. I'd say that he only managed to win the race because of Ferrari's strategy that unfortunately torpedoed uh, Charles Leclerc, who was far better than everyone all weekend and should have won the race. How many races has Vettel lost because of Ferrari screwing up? Oh, lots. So he deserves it. That's what that deserves doesn't me. work. They owe him. That's not how it works. And I reckon his contract says I'm number one driver, even if halfway through the year it looks clearly as I'm not number one driver, I'm technically the number one driver. So when I say I want to pit first, I pit first. And the Ferrari lawyers were like, he's got us. <laughs> I felt very sad for Leclerc because he'd done this bizarre going slowly, which I believe he was told to do to start with, and then Vettel came in early, but apparently nobody told Leclerc that Vettel had come in, and so he didn't like do a storming out lap, or a, you know, a storming lap to, to try and make sure he kept he the He did position. a bit of a storming out tantrum lap. Well, he did a little bit, he did, did a bit of that as well, but he basically came out of the pits and was like, how the fuck is Vettel suddenly in, ahead of me? And Ferrari were just like, oh well. But he was, told, he was told to put his foot down. Yeah, but I think it was yeah. far too late. Yeah, because I heard that Vettel's outlap was like four seconds faster. Exactly. Because Leclerc hadn't been told that Vettel was, Vettel was pitting and that there was a chance that he could have got ahead. So classic Ferrari. It is classic <laughs> Ferrari. Um, luckily, it backfired only on one of their drivers and they still won with the other one. Basically. And Mercedes fucked their strategy up. I have no doubt, I have no qualm in saying that Leclerc was unfairly treated and that, you know, he deserved to win that race slightly more than Vettel did, but still Vettel won. But I would also call it here and now, Charles Leclerc is a fucking prick. Right, hang on a second. Oh my God. You have changed your tune. I have. Why have you changed your tune? Why have you changed key? Because I'm fickle. I've always been fickle. Yeah, because you loved him a few races ago. I Everyone loved him. Everyone loves him. He's like a cuddly teddy I'm bear. British. He's really I British. I love an underdog. When someone's an underdog and they seem humble and grateful, I love them. When they get cocky, get the fuck out of here. I mean, he still seems Do you know who I like this race? Um, Max Verstappen. Do you want to know why? Because at the end, he did a really nice message to his, to his engineer going, do you know what? We had a nice race. We got a podium. Well done us. So right? In Terry's world in Formula One, when everyone finishes, they'd write a thank you letter to all the... Basically, if you're right. polite... And not a prick. I'm going to like you all. What was what did what did Leclerc do that was prickish? <laughs> that whole radio exchange. I think I was, I was fine with it. I think he I think he held on to his emotions very well. I'd have been pissed off as well. Look, you can be pissed off, but if you want to have, if you want to be taken into the British people's hearts, you've got to not show it. But you've got to barely show it, and he showed it. He showed it, and then apologised for showing it. Which is not very British. You don't apologise, do you? We do. British apologise all the time. Not for that kind of thing. No, not for that kind of... (laughs) No, you don't apologise for that kind of thing. What you do is you don't talk about it. You you think, I'll apologise next time I see them. When you next see them, you go, no, I won't. 
That's the just let it way. fester. Yeah, yeah, fester. Okay, so if Leclerc starts to let this fester but doesn't say anything for the rest of the season, will you like him again? Yeah. Okay. Let's move swiftly on to Mercedes. Now, Hamilton... Sorry. Sorry. I, just, I feel like we should probably talk about Vettel a bit more as soon as he won the race. Yeah. Go on, then. Do you reckon this is the start of the Vettel big comeback? Is he? No. Oh. Moving swiftly on to Mercedes. Hamilton, having also done a very good job in qualifying, was trying to was trying to get the undercut on Leclerc, but Mercedes ignored his pleas and threw everything away. Bottas, however, was told to go slower, presumably, presumably to make it longer until they had to see his face. Could they have won? I think they probably could if Hamilton had pitted at exactly the same time as Leclerc and they'd have done a better pit stop because... I seem to remember Ferrari this season haven't been particularly brilliant with their pit stops. But so there's a high chance they could fuck it up. And also, Hamilton was behind Leclerc for all the start of the first stint, like right on his ass. And I reckon they could have they could have nipped him there. And if they'd have done that, they wouldn't have then lost... Because instead, they kept him out, and it became quickly clear that it wasn't working, and he lost loads of time. I don't want to be an armchair Formula One enthusiast. And what says armchair more than running a podcast for several years? Yeah, yeah. But... When I was watching the race, I thought they should pit Hamilton now. The lap, the, the Vettel they'd pitted on. And if they'd have listened to me, he'd have got the undercut and won the race. You know when they go to the pit wall sometimes and yeah. they speak to Christian Horner or whoever? Yeah. We should go to you. I mean, that would be great. David mm. Croft just calls up Terry. Because there'd be a lot of times when I'm just there going, I'm oh, sorry, I'm at being cute. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I've started a bit late. I've, I've just passed the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I reckon. Pit him now. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> that whole Bottas, go a bit slower so you can help Lewis out, probably. Bottas, you know, we signed you for next year. Go slower. <laughs> I beg your pardon? <laughs> oh, you will. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, of course he will. He's a yes, good sir. Yes, sir. Of course I will, sir. It's almost like now that he has been signed for another year, it's almost like he's come into this character where he's like oh I can go slower now no, it's no, kind of he like was, relaxing he, a little he bit. was told to go slower oh he was told to go slower but he was he did it with a plum massively <laughs> quick in the race in the first place he is Toto Volsbiach now like he will do anything he's told he's like I mean, don't yeah. be the house elf I don't know what that means Just don't give him any socks I don't know what the that millennial means. listeners will love that reference is it Harry Potter I'm oh, a millennial and yeah. I don't understand anyway Red Bull now they're normally really really good at Singapore, uh, and they were pretty average here actually. Verstappen had a lovely day driving around in third and came home third, and Albon didn't embarrass himself, which is always a plus. Um, was was everyone just too quick today? Yes, well, Ferrari were too quick, particularly. I mean, Verstappen got on a podium, a podium entirely free of Mercedeses. Yeah, I think they'll probably be a bit cheesed that they weren't slightly better like they weren't challenging the Ferraris it is confusing because you know it gets a bit boring in Formula 1 where you go these tracks will suit Mercedes Ferrari might get a Monza or a Belgium Um, there are certain givens yeah Monaco and Singapore Red Bull have won every year forever so the idea that Red Bull come here and Ferrari beat them in a high downforce track is unusual and bodes well for next year I say hopefully yeah, look forward to having those hopes dashed to pieces. But um, I think they'll be probably not gutted, but maybe a bit kind of like, oh. I mean, you know, podium, which is, you know, fine. But I think they would have hoped to be a bit more competitive. Mm. I thought Verstappen did well, as he always does. Yeah. And Albon was 
not too far behind. He's still not I'd quite up with Verstappen yet, but he's not. Gasly levels of distant. I'd put Verstappen as my driver of the day today. Holy moly. Yeah. Just because of that nice radio message at the end. Oh, a nice lad. And the fact he's not a prick like Leclerc. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is McLaren. Now, Norris did what he does best. Get the car home in a good place and then did a meme. Sainz got tonked by a Renault at the start and dropped to the back, but clawed his way back up to a measly 12th. I, I was listening to uh, somebody else talking about, I can't remember which podcast it was. It was another podcast that's not as good as ours. And they were wondering if Norris, with all his like, oh, I'm the meme lord, does that mean he doesn't have the, the killer edge to be a really good Formula 1 Grand Prix? He's more like the jester. Well, there's room for jesters. But killer jesters that will win championships because he's of no, their ruthless streak? No, he won't win a championship. Even if he gets into a it'll, good team? It'll be a Jensen Button. Ooh. He won a championship. Yeah, but did he? Do you ever remember that? Does anyone yes. think? Yeah, oh, it was Jensen an, amazing, World an amazing story. It was the debut season for the team and they won the championship. It was a brilliant. It was a fairy tale. Uh, was it? It's one of the most memorable championships of all time. Pretty irritating, wasn't it? Because that uh, car had A, shit colours. It did have shit colours. B, Jensen Button. I like Jensen Button. No, you know you don't. Okay, my bad. It's like, it's like, it's like your dress and music sense. You think you do, <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> and it was done in true kind of British style of, of starting really well, kind of knocking it out of the park for like six races, and then just kick back, relax, and just hope the points go your way, really. And it did. It? It yeah, you brilliant. convinced me. It was, it, a great, it was a great year. Brilliant. <laughs> they weren't prickish about it either. He was a bit prickish about it. Was he? Yeah. Saying we are the champions, what more do you want? Not to do that. <laughs> Go for a B-side. Renault. Uh, Renault were all over the place in Singapore. Both of them did well until they didn't. Should they have just kept their noses clean and done better? Ricardo started from the back of the grid due to a slightly illegal engine, but came storming through until he stormed into the side of Giovinazzi and got a puncture. Maybe he was trying to copy the soon-to-be homeless Nico Hülkenberg, who punctured on the first lap, pitted, and then went long on his replacement tyres before being helped out by one of the safety cars and finishing the points. I mean, they were entertaining. At Ricardo least. got an engine spike that gave him an advantage in qualifying of something like 0.0000001 seconds. The cheating shit. Which would have got him exactly nowhere higher, <laughs> so he was disqualified. Demoted. Yeah. He did really well until he basically kvyatted it to somebody yeah um, which completely wrecked everything uh, and Hulkenberg just yeah got it's just another Renault race where you go and there was stuff going on at least you noticed them as they were like wait oh, well, hey, in, the, in, oh. The, in the dark a yellow car <laughs> yeah that's their best bet of the year isn't they it look nice they talk up Singapore not because of the downforce but because they got bright colours Okay. Well, that's one for their graphics team then, I suppose. Good for they them. Can be happy for that. I'm happy. Racing Point. Uh, Racing Point didn't do very well at all. Stroll bounced up and down the field thanks to a puncher, and Perez's engine went kablooey. I can't remember what they did in the race. Uh, Stroll had a couple of good moments, I seem to remember. There was a, there was a bit right at the end where there was a massive battle in the uh, towards the midfield back with like Stroll. Ricardo uh, and some others. Uh, Science was in there as well. And it didn't get shown on TV and I only saw it yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, so that was quite entertaining. He, he had a couple of good little racy moments, but then obviously got a puncture which knackered his race. Perez, I don't remember anything about until we saw him pull to the side of the track. Because was it an oil failure or something? Something happened. 
I thought it was gearbox engine oil or something. It was gearbox engine hydraulic. He signed for like another three years of this shit. He has well, yeah. Have we talked about that? He's signed till like 2023 or something. I think we may have mentioned it last week, but still, which is showing no ambition whatsoever. It's just like I'm never going to do better than Racing Point. It's the Formula One equivalent of tenure, isn't it? It's just you're stuck. Basically, he's now a professor, but not in the Alain Prost way. More in the sort of thank fuck, I don't have to put any work into this anymore. I'm just guaranteed to be here. I've got. Has he still got Carlos Slim millions behind him? Probably. Probably. Mexican millions behind him. He's just going to turn up, drive his pink car get his paycheck he's just had a baby I think so you know fair play to him yes <laughs> did I get it right that was good Hass are now officially not sponsored by that drink and the branding doesn't say their name but they are still stupid black and gold we have unfollowed them on Twitter have you wait we've unfollowed Haas or we've unfollowed Rich Energy the, the drink we've unfollowed Rich Energy on Twitter okay that's fine yeah they've gone boring now because they've done all these corporate things and Haas are now just a team that I do Grosjean crash into Russell that happened didn't it yeah well, it's Grosjean yeah he's always going to crash into somebody did Magnussen even show up didn't he go back oh no he got a bag stuck in his car didn't he he got, got a, a, sam- he got a sandwich bag stuck in his car which made it not work all that engineering undone by a sandwich bag. I think it got stuck in his brakes or something. I can't remember now. Which is why I think for the 2021 rules, mandatory sandwich bags yeah. should be part of the track. <laughs> At a certain lap, determined by let's say somebody in the audience, they just there's just like air cannons that fire plastic bags into the grid as they come past. I don't think they need to be fired. I just think just dropped. Just littering. Just and in Singapore. Oh, that's they're that's very quite dangerous. Hot. <laughs> very hot. Ooh, yeah, no, chewing gum. The person who dropped that bag is now dead. Yeah. Toro Rosso. Pierre Gasly got his best result since being demoted back to the junior team, finishing an eighth despite nearly being thunderstruck by Vettel during an ambitious overtake. Daniel Kvyat claimed that Kimi Raikkonen tried to kill him after everyone's favourite Finn did his own Kvyat impersonation and torpedoed into the Russian. Kvyat recovered to finish 15th. Good for Gasly. I think if Albert doesn't well. improve, Gasly might have a shot at that Red Bull seat. I mean, do you know what? He's Ever since he's been in that Toro Rosso, he's been impressive. It's weird, isn't it? He's clearly incredibly well suited to the Toro Rosso and incredibly badly suited to the Red Bull. But you, you, you wouldn't have thought, unless you were a dri- you know, decent driver, that the cars could be that different. But apparently they are. It's bewildering. I don't know what happened with Kvyat. Well, he did that. Did you see the... Uh, it's little tangle with uh, with Raikkonen. Yeah, but I didn't really understand. They crashed. But whose fault was it? Raikkonen's. But it doesn't seem very Raikkonen-y. Do you reckon he's all right? I mean, he's getting on a bit. He's because he crashed Italy as well. I oh, know you're right. He did. Oh, maybe we're starting to see the end. He might only have another few years 20. left. He's only got 20 <laughs> years left. <laughs> this might be on the downslope. Alfa Romeo. Giovinazzi led the race for ages. Then Kimi caused a safety car. Uh, was he trying to do a Singapore 2008 and get Antonio that much looked after win? That is a great conspiracy theory. I hadn't thought of that. Giovinazzi led the race on merit ish for ages. Well, by not pitting. By not pitting, but, but he was. Wasn't it something ridiculous? Like that was the first time that a non top three team had led a race in something like 11 years or something insane I'm going like to say it was like four years, but I'm going to say I'm yes. I'm sure it was 2008 or something I think like it was that. Perez. It was a very long time. I think it was Perez was the last to lead a race. I think it was only about four years ago. 
well it was a while anyway you know still a long time ago no, no, I mean, for, for our younger listeners who don't remember Singapore 2008 what happened so crash course pardon the pun hey. Singapore 2008 Nelson Piquet Jr. was teammates with Fernando Alonso in the Renault team and Alonso was on a dodgy pit strategy but in the lead of the race but if he pitted then he'd lose the race so they decided to enact plan C for crash which is PK crash the car on purpose we'll call a safety car Alonso will win the race and it would have worked if it wasn't for those pesky kids and three times world champion Nelson PK making his son confess <laughs> yeah made the mistake of telling everybody what he'd done yeah um, yeah, so we definitely think that Kimi was definitely doing that. Yep. Yeah. No it doubt about did, it. Didn't work. It didn't work. In true Italian fashion, it was done towards the end of the race of when nothing could happen. Yeah, yeah completely yeah. catastrophic. Although we don't endorse your quite xenophobic uh, remarks there. Not all Italians. In true Alfa Romeo way. That's better. There we go. Because they're Italian. Because they're Italian. <laughs> Finally, as usual, we go to Williams. Russell didn't finish the race and Kubica has finished his career. In other news, they were last. Yeah, well, Russell uh, got Grosjean'd well and truly. This is the first time he's not finished a race. That is actually pretty remarkable. Say what you like about Williams. Okay. <laughs> Can I go first? Yes. <laughs> they are fucking disappointing. <laughs> but they do finish every race apart from this one. Yes. Uh, and Kubica was, again, very slow and has announced that he's... He's sodding off. We didn't talk about that in the news, but... Um, I'll be talking about it later. Okay, we'll come back to it. Thanks. All of which brings us to the standings. Okay, so I'm going to do the standings, and these are not very good, because I've got a cold and I've been very busy. But you, I know how to sell it. <laughs> are you going to say why you've been busy? Um, no. Okay. No, just been working. There's a lot going on today in the world of motion graphics. Not motoring. Motion. Oh, motion. Yes, motion that's what graphics. you do. Motion graphics. Oh, God, yeah. God, no wonder I've been busy. Like, people just kept coming in asking for things. I'm just there going, I don't know what you mean, mate. I'm trying to write, a I'm trying to write the standings. Which went out on the news by mistake earlier. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? Can anyway. the Supreme Court are leading the, uh, leading the F1 championship. So. This is put... Right, in number one in the championship is Lewis Hamilton with underlay, underlay, because I meant to write undercut, undercut, but obviously the autocorrect has kicked in. Second place, I do whatever you say, says Bottas. Third place, my head is down, but my fist is up, it's Leclerc. Fourth place, I've had a lovely day, Bruce, thanks, that's Max Verstappen. Fifth place, fuck the lot of you, I can still win. Sixth, I'm still sixth somehow, it's Pierre Gasly. Um, I may unlap myself now, that's Carlos Sainz in seventh, and I'm nearly caught out with Gasly, it's Alexander Albon, who's almost got Gasly's points after like, a race. <laughs> what have I done is Ricardo again, why am I still here is Kvyat, won't he ever get a break? I'll never get a podium now, says Nico Hulkenberg, and wait, uploading, says Lando Norris. Don't care anymore, says Kimi Raikkonen, and I'm here for years and can't work out why, says Sergio Perez. Q3 turns out to be a bad investment, says Stroll, and why do I bother, says Kevin Magnussen. It's really sorry that I'm going to have to give up my seat to Nico Hulkenberg. What? <laughs> says Grosjean. And I let the fucking race, Mum, says Giovinazzi. <laughs> Waving goodbye with one hand is Robert Kubica. <laughs> and it's time for the Constructors' Championship. We've had apple pie for dinner. So I thought, if all the teams are a pie, which pie would they be? <laughs> Brilliant. I'm very, Finally. Very <laughs> that's what the people have been voting for. 17.2 million people wanted this. Right. 
Mercedes, apple pie, clearly the best. Second, rhubarb crumble. It's Ferrari, it's red, but it's not quite a pie. It's not a pie. Exactly. It's a crumble. Ha- how very typical Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> Third place, Billy Piper as Red Bull. <laughs> Fourth place, Key Lime Ply is McLaren. Staken. Fourth place is Key Lime Ply. <laughs> I can't say it. Fourth place is Key Lime Pie. That's McLaren. Fifth is Staken Horse Pie. That's a xenophobic <laughs> Renault joke. The Pied Piper of Hamlin. Is it Hamlin? It is Hamlin. It is. What's that got to do with Toro Rosso? Very tired, Phil. Very tired. Okay. Pying for the fields is racing point. I'm just thinking of words with pie in. Pie, 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 oh pie, Delilah is Alfa Romeo. And bye bye, Miss American Pie is Huss. And now it's time for the fact off. The rules are simple best of three facts between Phil and Terry. Terry, as you won last time, it is you who starts. Right, so as Phil does what can only be described as a Terry and looks at some facts whilst we record, I have been prepared with some humdinger of facts. To be honest, Phil, no need to even bother. Okay, of the most common ways of dying in Singapore, number eight is to die from a urinary tract infection. Okay. Good. Good. In Singapore. I found a list of most common deaths and the eighth most popular way to die is a UTI. Okay. Good. Well, I've adopted the Terry Saunders approach of typing in Singapore pack <laughs> of typing in Singapore facts and then going several pages into the results and picking a page. Oh shit, so he's my, my tactic is that in Singapore people used to get around in bullock carts. In what? Bullock carts. What's a bullock cart? It's a cart drawn by a bullock. Well, as uh, Terry, as you said that it was a popular way of dying, which I think I think it's common, perhaps not popular. Yeah. Uh, I'm I like going where this is going with Phil on this one. Oh, Whoa! The technique works. It does work. It, I told you. I've I'm, been telling you I'm for months. Absolute <laughs> sucker for the whole season. Actually researching facts. Right. I'm on a roll. Okay, Phil. Over to you. Right. I'm not even going to look. I'm just going to pick one. Right. If you go to the Lavo Italian restaurant and rooftop bar in Singapore, you can order a one pound meatball. And when I say one pound, I don't mean price wise, I mean weight wise. And it's $38 for a meatball, a single meatball. Be that Saunders. Mine is also based on food size. In the whole of Southeast Asia, the Yakult bottles that are sold in Singapore are the largest and also the most expensive of all. This is, this, is a, this is a tough one. Is However, it? being a millennial and not understanding what a pound is outside of currency, yes. I'm going with Terry on this, this one. This is horseshit. Bloody young people. It's horseshit? Is that what's in the meatball? <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Terry, this means you start the final round. Singapore's national anthem is printed in microtext on the back of a $1,000 note. See? That's good. I saved the genuinely good yeah, facts at the end. Well, Beat that with your random technique. <laughs> I'm not saying you're in trouble, Terry, but I've just gone to myactivesg.com slash sports slash badminton slash how to play slash badminton facts. And I'm now going to read you interesting facts about the sport of badminton in Singapore and around the world. Here we go. 
There are no facts on this page. <laughs> wow. Uh, re really, really close round this one. DNF. Um, uh, but, but as we, as, Phil, you didn't, you didn't give me a fact. No, that so. is the fact. The fact is that on the Singapore Badminton Facts page, there are no facts. Well, go with your heart, Cam. Go with your heart. <laughs> It's 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 a uh, it's an obscure fact, Phil. So I'm going to pick you as the winner. Congratulations! Thank you very much. Oh, Cam, oh, oh. <laughs> when I said go with your heart, I did not mean go with your heart. We have just we have just saved a lot of time for this preparing for this segment. And we've determined well, that the best way is just to randomly Google. We've Thank saved approximately half the time because I'm still sticking with my technique. Excellent. Thank you. Another classic. Fine. Okay, let's move it on to the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. So Robert Kubica is standing down from F1 duties, essentially jumping before being inevitably pushed from his Williams seat because there's never anyone behind to push him. It would be easy right now to mock the person who's slowest of the year being booted out, but let's face it, Kubica's is a fairy tale, and it's a crying shame that this year was a bit laughable in terms of results and being beaten by someone who'd get ID'd for buying rusks. But hey, F1 is hard, and it's even harder when you've only got one good arm. But Kubica's failure reveals one of those weird problems we only have by fixing other things. In my youth, F1 was full of utterly shit drivers. They're through dodgy sponsors, aristocratic routes, or nationalistic loyalty, the cars are all over the place, with eight seconds separating a grid from pole to tail wasn't uncommon. These drivers would get in the way, be a danger, or generally just hold up the new exciting drivers we all thought we wanted. But it turns out maybe not. Someone of even Cubis's diminished form would have still rocked in the midfield in the 80s and 90s. Even a car as bad as this year's Williams would have the occasional place to shine. But in 2019, he's at the back and that's where he's staying. Everyone else is too good. He's still quite good, but there's no one's shit to be behind him. I know you're shouting Stroll at your iPod, or you're thinking Maldonado, but the thing is, these drivers are still good, just slightly less good. What we need is our good old-fashioned 80s and 90s shit drivers. Your Pierluigi Martinis, your Alex Youngs, your Luca Badoas, your Adrian Camposes, your Chanuk Nissanis. <laughs> but don't worry, I have a solution. This super license points thingy is ruining this. You're actually not allowed in Formula 1 until you can prove you're good. This is rubbish. Points are all well and good if you're serious, but there should be a legitimate way to buy some or steal some from someone who's worked hard. Maybe you can prove your worth by being at the right parties or bribing the right FIA officials. Which, if anyone knows one, we've, we've got a bung with a logo with our name on. <laughs> we need to go back to a more glorious time with a mediocre field where Kubica would have shone. I agree. There you Bring go. back Gaston Mazzucani. Yeah, shit drivers. Takianui. Shit drivers. Not enough people getting hit by safety cars these days. Exactly. That was surprisingly poignant. We said at the beginning, it'll seem silly to start with, but the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. If you agree, buy us a beer at ff1s.com forward slash pint pint pint. That's it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. We haven't had time to talk about Rich Energy, who are always good for a laugh. And uh, they've decided to go political, having apparently got out of Formula One, because I still follow them on Twitter. And they've now just been retweeting stuff that says the Supreme Court's decision today is an absolute outrage. So they're not in favour of an independent judiciary. So that's fun. And it's goodbye to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about it. Where's Chica this week? She's not well. If you're listening, Chica, I know you won't. Get well soon. 
We love you. We'll see you next week. We'll be back next week to review the Russian Grand Prix. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. And follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. So, Terry, where can they buy merch? Well, if you want the few things that don't have a logo on, you can go to ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Is there anything left there? Good question. I don't think so. We need to look into this. But if you do want stuff with a logo, don't worry, there's a new logo on the way. Buy it now before it's banned. Yes, because I'm not backing down. I am backing down, Matt. Don't worry. Thanks for listening. See you next week. I've been Cam. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Cam. Well done, everybody. We all done very well. Sports Social Podcast Network.